And good morning to you, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, the voice, daily in depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. Welcome to our Wednesday show. This week, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to a fun show today. We'll talk about it in a minute. But first and foremost, to all of our listeners uh, and to Mr. Matt Neely making the magic happen on the other side of the glass. Matt, happy Wednesday, May the 4th be with you. Happy Star Wars Day and happy uh, Day Brubeck Day, uh, Mr. Uh, 5-4 timestamp. So, yes, good morning. There we go. I um, As soon as I said, may the 4th be with you. Uh, my fear of lisping my way through the <laughs> through the rest of that sentence grew. I went, is this all, is this all coming out right? Pastor Jeff Loxton, may the fourth be with you. Hey, happy Star Wars Day to you. <laughs> Who knew that would ever be a thing? I'm not even the biggest Star Wars fan, but but when it's May the fourth, you got to go with it. You got to roll with it. Yeah, I am a big Star Wars fan. Are you? Yeah. Well, there, well, may the fourth be with you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> go. There, apparently, there's. Well, I'm sure everybody celebrates in their own way, but <laughs> my daughter just sent a text about the donut place downtown oh, that nice. has Star Wars donuts. What is the place? She didn't is say. It, I'm going to have to find out. Okay. No, it can't be a secret. Because I'm not aware of this. I mean, we okay. are we are in the area as we speak. Yes. And, and I didn't know if that was code for. Nobody else should know what this is. <laughs> maybe maybe your daughter doesn't want you to say this on the air Yeah. Uh, so that by the time she gets there, it's all gone. But... Um. <laughs> We'll figure it out. Jeff, Pastor Jeff is texting right now. And and that is the way we'll give away what half of the show is about. We do have Pastor Jeff Loxon in with us, our faith and culture contributor. Uh, we talk about issues at the intersection of church and culture, faith and community. Uh, looking forward to a fun show today. We're going to talk about um, uh, a Bikes for Refugees program that's really interesting that you're a part of. And then also uh, Sunday... Is Mother's Day, so we'll do a bit of a Mother's Day edition on the program, and then we will take a uh, 180 degree shift in the back half of the hour. Ruben Navarrete will be with us. Uh, he has been um, processing through the last 72 hours related to the leak from the Supreme Court uh, mm-hmm. about Roe v. Wade, and uh, so we will lean on his perspective as a nationally syndicated columnist, most widely read Latino columnist. Uh, in the country. We'll get his view uh, on that issue and what it means. And he and I were prepping a little bit before. I think it's going to be a very interesting segment and some good insights out of it. So we'll process that a little bit later. Pastor Jeff, uh, good morning to you. A listener messaged in and said, Donut Bar Tucson. That's the name. So apologies to your daughter. Not oh, everybody knows. There it is. <laughs> you, better text, you better text her and say, get down there right now. <laughs> yes. I told her to save me. <laughs> or so. you could be an awesome dad and you could go after the show. There you go. Since you're already here. So Thanks we, to our listener so, for that bit of information. So, Very so, timely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Donut Bar, Donut Bar Tucson. So, so Pastor Jeff, you and I were, you were telling me about some really cool stories coming out that's connecting a few different things we talked about on the show. Sometimes we talk about really deep and heavy issues, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's uh, more of a fun conversation. This one's fun. Um, Bikes for Refugees seems pretty self-explanatory, but... Yeah, no, I, it was uh, in the aftermath of a conversation that we had with the executive director from Tucson Refugee Ministry and sharing about how uh, Tucson is responding to current events around the world uh, that opened a door for one of our partners who, with uh, in concert with the IRC, the International Rescue Committee, 
introduced us to a family of 19 individuals from Afghanistan, and uh, they had landed in the local community. Prior to our introduction, they were staying in a hotel for several weeks, but through the generosity of some philanthropists, were provided with a space for their family to to move into in a more permanent situation. And so we got invited to come help paint uh, this this facility for them before we even knew who was going to be there. And that just gave rise to this reality of having to imagine a family of 19 who needed to get anywhere in town. And, I, you know, I'm thinking through my very myopic lens of how do we get our family of four there. But that uh, family of four to any any place we got to run errands to. But uh, the invitation was, hey, do you have bikes that you can provide so they can get to to uh, appointments, to 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 work when that opportunity opens itself up um, around the immediate community. And we put the word out there. And before we knew it, we had, uh, I think it was between five and seven bikes from our own community and then shared that with another church, a live church up in the Northwest. And they provided another seven bikes. As you can imagine, that opened up doors for, hey, do they have helmets? Do they have bike locks? Do they have bike pumps? And then a um, local bike shop, an employee from a bike shop said, I'll donate time to fixing these bikes. Mm. And it's just, it's, it's just been this uh, landslide from there to see how the community is rallying around this one need. Absolutely. I, I, I can't believe I haven't asked this or I don't know the answer to this question. But, I mean, Hope City Church is on the 22nd Street corridor mm-hmm. of, um, of, of Tucson mm-hmm. in the city of Tucson. Uh, Do you see a lot of the refugee community coming to your church or participating in your services? Or would you say you're a a refugee church? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I wouldn't say we're a refugee church per se, but we do see a fair number of refugees coming because they live in proximity. And when I say we're not a refugee church, it's not like we're opposed to that, but we're not overtly... Uh, pursuing um, pursuing communities where refugees exist, but they are living in our neighborhood. And of course, we want to open our doors to whomever God would bring there. And it's just been wonderful to see how that partnership has evolved with the refugees in the immediate community. So we do see people from the Congo, from the from Burundi. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, this Afghani family is not du- directly attending our church. That doesn't matter to us. It was more about how can we be a resource. Mm-hmm. Um, family Connection. I, I'm not familiar with the organization, but they reached out recently and said, hey, we know there's someone attending your church. How can we work together to provide social networks to help reinforce uh, you know, a healthy environment for this family. So it is exciting to me to see the community working together for the betterment of the community, especially where refugees are mm-hmm. involved. Yeah, you know, when, when I hear the phrase bikes for refugees, I think of, you know, little bikes with training wheels with pom-poms on it so someone can spend 15 minutes, you know, circling their cul-de-sac sure. and having fun. Sure. Um, but when we say bikes, we're talking about currently the main mode of transportation. of transportation and getting around to doctor's appointments, mm-hmm. food, groceries. Um, and I think this is an example, and albeit it's a light one, it's yeah. a, it's an encouraging one. Sure. Um, but the church, you know, has always been, I think, on the front lines of uh, meeting our, our refugee and asylum communities. What, however we feel about any of that politically, mm-hmm. it happens. Right. They're here. It's there. 
this is our community. And churches have been on the front lines of meeting those very real needs, and I think this is a, a good example of that in the midst of everything else. Yeah, you know, we recently, in fact, uh, the weekend after Easter, welcomed a, a friend from India to share about what was going on overseas prior to the pandemic, in the wake of the pandemic. And he was talking about how a bike is a major resource to help provide help to these he was talking about 700,000 villages. Mm. There are well over a billion people, but he said the bike is something we take for granted, but it opens up all kinds of doors for support. And all at once for me, it's just like my world got a little bigger. It's like a bike that's sitting in the garage could be a major resource mm-hmm. for somebody who's, who is who is in that mm-hmm. s- situation. On that note, someone listening has a bike that they like to donate. You tell this story um, of a uh, of a little girl from uh, from Africa from Burundi, who came up to you the other day and said, "I have two bikes. I don't need any more. Can I donate them to uh, your Afghani friends?" Yeah, and that shook you, I'm sure. A little ten year old, and then she adds to it, and I've been saving my money, and I have five dollars I want to give to it's you. Adorable. Oh man, the tears welled up in my yeah. eyes. Is like, how do you not? see yourself as a champion of an opportunity like that and it's neat to see these little kids say i can play a part Mm -hmm. Um, and i think it's great for us as adults to open up those opportunities for kids to contribute and to see the difference that they can make they don't have to wait Mm -hmm. so for those that have bikes that are listening uh, you (laughs) you can go to our website hopecitytucson.com hopecitychurchtucson.com or you can call us uh, I'll give you two numbers. One is 520-747-3881, uh, 520-747-3881, or you can call me on my cell at 951-313-6173. That number again is 951-313-6173. We'll work with some people in the community to help uh, get those bikes where they're needed. I love it. Pastor Jeff, uh, thanks for being with us, our man of the cloth in shorts and a t-shirt. Yes. Uh, certainly true today. And uh, we're going to go to our first break of the hour. When we come back, we're going to shift into our special Mother's Day edition uh, of these conversations we have. Celebrate Mom. Sunday is Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are listening and forgot that, there's your PSA. You're welcome. There's Sunday, still time. Sunday is Mother's <laughs> Day. Uh, I'm going to try and do my best to not be the guy in Safeway buying flowers Saturday night. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking a little further ahead. Uh, Honey, if you're listening, it's a surprise. Don't ask. Uh, But uh, Mother's Day coming up. Pastor Jeff and I will talk about it. On the other side, we're talking about a a tragic story about the homeless community in our city. And then we'll talk Roe v. Wade with nationally syndicated columnist Ruben Navarrete. We're talking some light, fun, encouraging things here in the first half. But don't worry. We'll talk about the heavy stuff, too, on the other side. We'll be right back. Local news and talk. 1030, The Voice. Is your 8th or ninth grader looking for a hands-on learning program that includes lots of art? Then Desert Sage School, a new tuition-free public charter high school at 3434 East Broadway is for you. Desert Sage is innovative and is now enrolling 9th and 10th graders for the upcoming school year. Go to DesertSageSchool.org where the first 125 students to register will be accepted. Desert Sage is the first public Waldorf-inspired charter high school in Southern Arizona where teachers genuinely listen to and care for each student's unique gifts. Get your child enrolled today at DesertSageSchool.org. 
With preseason and a season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell, but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, some ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their B on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. 
And we're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona here, live out of the Common Workspace Studios on AM 1030 KVY, The Voice, Tipping Point with Zach Yenzer, with pa- Pastor Jeff Logston, our faith and culture contributor. Uh, we are talking Mother's Day now, which is celebrated on Sunday this month, PSA, if you didn't know that, now you do, or if you needed a reminder, there you go. Uh, but uh, let's get into it. Pastor Jeff Loxton will we'll talk some serious mom stuff. But there's some interesting trivia for Mother's Day. Yeah. The, I mean, if you're wondering where it originated, it was Woodrow Wilson, President Wilson, in 1914, proclaimed the second Sunday of May as there Mother's Day. Didn't know that. No. And uh, in 1920s, <laughs> if you're a mom with a large family, Zach and I love, I love the fact one. that France actually issued medals <laughs> for moms of large families. Uh, so they're saying, you've gone the extra mile. You deserve a medal, quite literally. <laughs> and then uh, the first country to dedicate one day for moms was England, believe it or not. And it was in the U.K., Uh, Mothering Sunday was the precursor for our modern-day Mother's Day. And fruitcake is one of the common ways that they celebrate moms in the U.K. Okay. And the last bit of trivia has to do with carnations. I personally never liked carnations. I felt like they were a little fakey. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you can serious hate me. Business. You can hate me if you business. want to, but carnations are the most common flower given on Mom's Day, and they're believed by Christians somewhere uh, that they were made from the tears of Mary, which is bizarre. That Pastor Jeff does not personally think that is where it comes from, <laughs> and neither do I. But I'm, I'm just the messenger. But uh, in the Christian tradition, Apparently. somewhere, yeah. Carnations are made from tears of Mary. So if you're giving out carnations, that's the that's probably the origin. We try and give out roses if we can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wonder where roses come from. We don't, we don't have <laughs> yeah, we, maybe, maybe a listener will message in and tell yeah. us where roses come from. Yeah. But that one about France, 1920s, France issued medals to mothers of large families. If you were the mother of a large family out there, or you were one of a large family, you know your mother deserved that medal. I think that's hilarious. God the the French you. do that one right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, Mother's Day message for us, Pastor Jeff. Anything you wanted to, any, to share as we head towards Sunday? You know, we all have different experiences, and they're not all, you know, the, the, the rainbows and unicorn situation. Um, but uh, maybe if that's not your situation, moms play an integral role in our lives. I, I think when we were in California, our, our parents weren't immediately available, and there was a mother figure Uh, that adopted us on major holidays. Mm. So it's hard not to think of Mother's Day apart from our friend Laura (coughs) in California who who was just uh, that that mother figure. So whomever Mm. has invested in you, contributed to your life in that realm, um, that is the day just to be able to acknowledge uh, that that we invest in the people around us. And so, you know, you and I thought it would be fun to encourage our listeners, those who are moms, just to say – uh, stay in the fight, keep your head up, uh, surround yourselves with people who will be an encouragement to you. And then also on the other side of that, be an encourager to our listeners to keep your eyes open for those moms, especially those single moms who maybe are, are at their last wit or they just don't have the energy. We did a parents' night out recently where we said, we'll watch your kids for three, day, oh, three days. <laughs> wow. How's that for like you a You deserve Freudian a medal slip? for That's that. It. 
three hours. How's that? It felt like three days. It though. felt like three days. <laughs> And, and it, you know what was so funny about that, Zach, was the moms came in and they did not skip a beat. It was like, here's my kids. Peace out. See you later. I'll see you in three hours. And we had a blast with the kids. We had relationships with a lot of these guys. But the moms could not get out of they there fast not. enough. They had something that they were looking forward to. And the smiles on their face, if you couldn't have captured that with a, with, with, with a camera, was priceless. Yeah, I love it. And so, you know, maybe we, we were talking about this YouTube we saw in another vein, but someone that just handed a note and a $50 bill and saying, hey, you, you're, you're, the trajectory of your life is looking up mm-hmm. today. We just want to be a blessing to you. Maybe you're listening to this and it's not a $50 bill. It's a, a $10 bill or a Starbucks gift card or whatever. But look for that person around you mm-hmm. that just looks like they could use some encouragement and celebrate that mom mm-hmm. uh, that, that God has divinely placed in your path. I love it. I, I know it's kind of cliche, but as we were looking at this, I thought of the, uh, I thought of this, you know, one portion in a in a book and kind of the second half mm-hmm. of the Bible, mm-hmm. um, Timothy. And I, what I'm going to, you know, this is for someone of faith or not. This sure, is, sure, but, sure. But um, the, the Paul, who is kind of considered, you know, one of the one of the leaders and early founders of what we now know as Christianity, <clears throat> had a protege named Timothy. Mm-hmm. And he points out to Timothy, he says, uh, he mentions the um, the faithfulness of the mother and grandmother that mm-hmm. raised Timothy for whatever reason. It was left up to them. And he said they had a devout, fervent faith. Mm-hmm. Um, they instilled good values in you. They loved you. They cared for you. And now you're in this position where you're learning from me and you're going to go do your own great things, but it's because of what your mother and grandmother instilled, instilled in, you. in you. And I think that, again, that's not like a faith-based story. There's so many people listening, I'm sure, who can say, yeah, who I am today right. is because of the faithfulness right. um, and the giftings of my parents, of my, my mom, yeah. who instilled into me. You yeah. know, I think about my mom, who not only was a great nurturing caretaker you know, as we were kids, for sure, um, but as we got older, we watched her get not one but two higher level degrees in her field. Mm-hmm. A huge inspiration of someone who managed to, you know, be a woman of faith and a woman of values and instill that in us. Yeah. Um, but then also go and be incredibly successful, you know, in what she was passionate about and watching that and learning from that was huge for us as kids. So to see the resolve that our moms have, I think of my grandmother never got past a third grade uh, education. Wow. She had learning disabilities, couldn't get a driver's license, but because of her investment in her three kids, uh, they all went on to be successful people in, in, in the eyes of their community. And so it's, it's that presence uh, so for those that are mm. listening, we want to celebrate you, moms. Absolutely. Pastor Jeff, this has been a fun one today. Thanks for coming in, sharing what, uh, what the world looks like from your point of view. Our faith and culture contributor, Pastor Jeff Locks in Hope City Church. Yeah, thank you. We'll see you on the other side. May the 4th be with you. Happy Mother's Day weekend. We'll be back, Tucson, after the bottom of the hour break here on Tipping Point. Don't go anywhere. With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com. 
and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. Is your 8th or ninth grader looking for a hands-on learning program that includes lots of art? Then Desert Sage School, a new tuition-free public charter high school at 3434 East Broadway is for you. Desert Sage is innovative and is now enrolling 9th and 10th graders for the upcoming school year. Go to DesertSageSchool.org where the first 125 students to register will be accepted. Desert Sage is the first public Waldorf-inspired charter high school in Southern Arizona where teachers genuinely listen to and care for each student's unique gifts. Get your child enrolled today at DesertSageSchool.org. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back Tucson and all of Southern Arizona live here out of the Common Workspace Studios. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenster on AM 1030 KVOI The Voice. Daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. We just wrapped up with our faith and culture contributor, uh, Pastor Jeff Loxton, pastor of Hope City Church right here in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, we talked about a couple of maybe lighter, more encouraging topics. Uh, We've done our share of talking about some of the heavier-hitting stuff. Um, But the uh, International Rescue Committee uh, connected with some in the faith community uh, about an Afghani family who was relocated here again from last summer's events uh, and uh, how there is a need for bikes. And and that was a cool story. We also did a Mother's Day tribute. Happy Mother's Day in advance to all the moms out there. I'm with the French, at least the French in the 1920s, who gave moms of large families a medal. Uh, More moms should get medals. Y'all deserve it. Um, My mom was amazing. I'm watching my wife uh, be a mom to three kids. To me, that feels like a large family. Uh, Probably to her, it does. Even more so, wife, uh, uh, honey, you you deserve a uh, a medal. So medals to our moms out there. Uh, also, uh, may the fourth be with you. Happy May fourth. It's Wednesday, and uh, uh, we're not going to turn the page over to a, a couple different conversations. Uh, what I thought was a kind of a tragic story uh, by News for Tucson KVOA dot com uh, that came out on Monday. And then we're going to go to a quick break and a bit of a longer segment with Ruben Navarrete, uh, most widely read Latino columnist in the country, nationally syndicated across multiple platforms you would recognize. Uh, We'll talk about his thoughts uh, on the unfolding of this story with the leak of a position by the court, Supreme Court, on Roe v. Wade. We'll talk about that in a minute. But first, this segment is sponsored by our friends over at Decibel Coffee Works. It's the coffee we drink at home and while we're out about, out and about at the Yenser household, run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. 
Uh, there's also a rumor, but rumor no more. Ice cream is on its way in 2022. Go to Decibel, D-E-C-I-B-E-L, coffeeworks.com. Visit their location at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them while you're there on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. There was this story that came out on uh, KVOA, KVOA Dot com News for Tucson investigators. Pima County sees a steady increase in homeless deaths. The number of homeless deaths has been steadily increasing over the past few years. According to the latest numbers from the Pima County Office of the Medical Examiner, there was 125 deaths of individuals experiencing homelessness in 2020. The first year, those particular statistics were available. In 2021, that number rose from 125 to 158. OME, the Office of the Medical Examiner, said more than half of those deaths were due to accidental overdose. About three quarters of those who died were men, and that created the report. So far this year, 46 people experiencing homelessness have died in Pima County. Reports uh, Lisa Chastain. She's been on the show, friend of the program, Tucson's Gospel Rescue Mission. Chastain said she has seen the number of people experiencing homelessness continue to increase in Pima County. The lingering pandemic has only made the situation worse. Many have one thing in common. The majority of people we see are either drug issues or mental health. For some, those drug issues can prove deadly. Again, more than half of the deaths we just reported were due to accidental overdose. I, I can get into this in a little bit more detail later because we're uh, just, we're on the clock here as we approach the segment with Ruben. Uh, but this uh, continues to support what we've talked about together on this show. You and me, you've called in, you've listened, I've talked, you've agreed, you've disagreed. Um, but uh, we cannot lose sight of the fact that undergirding in so many ways, to such a large degree, the issue of homelessness in our community is drug abuse, drug addiction, and mental health. And every solution that we look for, whether it is a shelter first or a housing first um, option, you know in which direction I personally lean from firsthand experience um, of kind of being on the front lines of watching this all play out, um, is the fact that we have to not paper over drug issues or mental health. If we do not help people solve those issues, if we do not figure out the policies and the enforcement uh, needed in different ways in this community to address drug issues, drug addiction, or mental health, we will not fully solve this problem. And I think one of the challenges is that major urban centers around this country um, are trying to ultimately paper over this problem, um, are trying to say, well, we can solve that later. We just got to get uh, X, Y, Z done, particularly get them in housing, and it will solve itself. Uh, and I think there are challenges uh, around that. But this article really brought to the forefront again, we have to tackle what is at the core of this drug issues or mental health. And let me close by saying this before we go to break. Uh, you will hear out in our community today, well, homelessness is seasonal in Tucson. And yeah, there's a piece to that. We, we'll see a little bit more in the winter and probably a little bit less in the summer. Uh, but since 2019, since 2018 in this community, we have seen a steadily rising 
number of those experiencing homelessness on a given day in Tucson. Do not let people tell you that this is going to go away or go in massive spurts. This is now a problem in Tucson. And uh, this is not a, a, a problem in the sense of people like you and me sitting on our couches and saying this is a problem. Uh, my heart breaks like Lisa Chastain's does. My heart breaks because these are people who matter. And when we don't have the right policy set, when we don't have the right enforcement policy, when we don't have the right solutions, people who matter, who don't get the help they need, are dying in this community. It is inhumane. It is not pro-human. It is not pro-city. And I don't have all the answers, but I think there's a better way than what we're doing right now. Real people are dying the longer we don't get the policy right. We have to manage the drug issues or mental health. And I'm passionate about this because a lot of communities, names of which you would recognize out there, uh, are in effect papering over the real problem. And people are dying and people are impacted. And it's happening here in Pima County. We talked about Bikes for Refugees and Happy Moms Day. I told you we'd turn the corner and talk heavier topics. We just did. We're going to go to our final break of the hour. When we come back, Ruben Navarrete will be with us. We will debrief. He will debrief what he's seen in the last 72 hours around the Supreme Court's uh, uh, leak about a a potential decision on Roe v. Wade. We'll be right back. The Voice, Tucson's trusted local news and talk. Is your 8th or ninth grader looking for a hands-on learning program that includes lots of art? Then Desert Sage School, a new tuition-free public charter high school at 3434 East Broadway is for you. Desert Sage is innovative and is now enrolling 9th and 10th graders for the upcoming school year. Go to DesertSageSchool.org where the first 125 students to register will be accepted. Desert Sage is the first public Waldorf-inspired charter high school in Southern Arizona where teachers genuinely listen to and care for each student's unique gifts. Get your child enrolled today at DesertSageSchool.org. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Off. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. We have exciting news to share here at Impact of Southern Arizona. We have expanded our food bank into a grocery shopping style experience where over 500 families a month come in for food, clothing, and support. Now, Impact needs you. Can you or your business put on a food drive for food and hygiene items that others would normally go without? Learn more and contact us at www.impactsoaz.org. 
With preseason and the season opener in the books, FC Tucson is looking forward to a great season, and John Perlman and his squad aren't slowing down. Join your FC Tucson soccer club Saturday, April 30th, May 7th, and May 20th for Let's Go 520 night, celebrating this great city. Get your season or game tickets at fctucson.com and let's pack Kino Stadium this season. That's fctucson.com. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their bee on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Is your 8th or ninth grader looking for a hands-on learning program that includes lots of art? Then Desert Sage School, a new tuition-free public charter high school at 3434 East Broadway is for you. Desert Sage is innovative and is now enrolling 9th and 10th graders for the upcoming school year. Go to DesertSageSchool.org where the first 125 students to register will be accepted. Desert Sage is the first public Waldorf-inspired charter high school in Southern Arizona where teachers genuinely listen to and care for each student's unique gifts. Get your child enrolled today at DesertSageSchool.org. This is Bill Buckmaster, Tucson City Councilman Steve Kasachek, during the noon hour on 1030, Tucson's voice for trusted news talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenster and AM 1030 KVI, The Voice. This segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. They're certain of the juiciest burgers with hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches in downtown Tucson. You can follow them on social media at the Love Burger and mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Inser for a 15.15% discount off your next order. Uh, here to debrief his view of the world. Uh, which in America has gotten a little bit stranger in the last 72 <laughs> hours, as if it couldn't get any more. He's Ruben Navarrete, the most widely read Latino columnist in the country, syndicated across the Washington Post, Daily Beast, and other platforms you would recognize. Ruben, as always, good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. Jack, great to be back with you. Thank you. So what we're talking about today is a not unprecedented leak, Crazily enough, a leak out of the Supreme Court happened the first time Roe v. Wade was before the court. Um, but uh, somebody leaked what seems to be an authentic, 
uh, position statement by the Supreme Court that would seem to indicate an overturning of Roe v. Wade. This uh, hasn't happened in many of our lifetimes. Um, what does this leak say about our institutions before we get into other stuff? So if you just want to start there, it says that um, um, all rules are off. You know, it's, it's all different now. Uh, precedent doesn't mean anything. Tradition doesn't mean anything. The secrecy, I think it's a very safe bet, Zach, that this was not leaked by some permanent staff members at the Supreme Court. It was leaked by one of the law clerks. There are 36 law clerks, four for each justice. And it was, it's very, a very sound bet. This is a, a very coveted position to be a Supreme Court law, law clerk. If they find out who did it, that person will probably be disbarred. Their legal career will be ruined. But they didn't care. They must have known that. They didn't care. In this day and age, where you have a bunch of uh, millennials and Gen Zs running around who think uh, that because they have access to a Twitter account, they're on the same par as Zach and Ruben, who have public forums, and everybody's got a right to an opinion, and we're all equal, uh, it's a whole new game. And uh, I guess I guess we're going to you know, follow this through, but it's, it's really left a lot of folks' mouths dropped open. They couldn't have believed this would ever have happened. The leak, Zach, has become almost as big a story as the decision uh, in, in terms of just how furious Roberts is and, and where we are. But I, I, quickly, I think I want to say something about Roe. It's interesting. There's a, a profound amount of ignorance in, in our commentary, left and right, about this, because people haven't really been looked at Roe in so many years, or if ever, it's almost 50 years old. Uh, but they're already jumping ahead to sort of what happens after Roe and the political ramifications and all that. Three quick things to understand about Roe. It was never correctly decided in the first place. I'm pro-choice, uh, but like has been said by other people who study the law, uh, it's very difficult to feel comfortable with the way that the Supreme Court got to Roe, finding the right to an abortion in the 14th and 4th Amendments. Secondly, the whole trimester scheme that was created first, second, third trimester, that was kind of a sign that this was going to be a hokey decision. And third, the right wing has never let go because of the first two things. They have never let go of this. They always wanted to do away with Roe because they always knew it was poorly decided to begin with. So I'm caught in this very uncomfortable position of saying I like the decision. I like having women having the right to choose, but I wasn't born yesterday. That's not in the Constitution. Maybe that's a, a segue, Ruben, to another question I wanted to, to ask you. You have uh, been, I mean, you've been on Fox News, CNN. You've been a journalist for decades. You yeah. uh, uh, have have seen and read and heard a lot of stuff. You host a podcast, Ruben in the Center. You, you, you've had your finger on the pulse um, of kind of the, the the thought of this country for a long time, certainly longer than I have. Uh, where do most Americans stand on the abortion issue, do you think? Yep. Yeah, that's not – the answer to that question is very clear, Zach, and it's not good news for the pro-lifers. Uh, there was a poll out just this week that's consistent with every single poll I've seen over the last 33 years of doing this. Uh, and that is that 54 percent of Americans in a Washington Post ABC News poll uh, disagree with overturning Roe versus Wade. They support a woman's right to choose. There is a hardcore pro-life, sometimes fanatical fringe of about 35% of Americans who feel strongly that Roe should have been overturned. This, Zach, is why the Republicans are so nervous right now. The, the Democrats are inflamed, and, and particularly young women are inflamed. 
and they're coming. They're going to go hunting elephants. They're hunting elephants come November, and in two years they're going to go on an elephant hunt. And a lot of Republicans who have been pushing for the reversal of Roe v. Wade now have to live with it, and they're afraid. So they're trying to back off of that and say, no, 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 it's inflation, it's, it's gas prices, it's the economy, look away, nothing to see here. And it's the most bizarre thing in the world because they know what those polls shit. This is a pro-choice country. This has always been a pro-choice country. My pro-life friends don't like hearing it. Too bad. Yeah, I mean that wasn't you know, Ruben. I, I was I, I asked prepared to hear um, one of multiple answers, and and, I, and I'm generally curious to see what you're hearing. You know, I think that in Southern Arizona, for sure, you know, one of the um, one of the firmest communities who are pro-life traditionally have been Hispanic and Latino community. They may vote different politically on different issues. Uh, but certainly the older generations are staunchly pro-life, certainly uh, in some part because of uh, religious traditions as well. Um, and, and they may – I don't know if I would put them in that vocal category, that 35 percent that you, that you mentioned. I do wonder if there's a contingent in this country that is pro-life but also sees the need to protect choice. Um, yes, if we can is. muddy there the is. waters a little bit. There is. And, and the most famous example of this was a, a politician named Mario Cuomo, the governor of New York, who was Catholic and who made an incredible speech at Notre Dame you know, in the belly of the beast. You know, uh, you know, Darnier got excommunicated by the Catholic Church. He said, publicly, I am pro-choice. Personally, I'm pro-life. And this has been the position of Democratic Catholics for a long, long time. My mom and my sister are both, my, excuse me, my mother and my wife, the two women I love and respect most in the world are pro-life. Understand this, okay? I'm pro-choice, but they're pro-life. But when you press my wife, she'll say, yes, I'm pro-life in terms of my family, in terms of my decision. I would never do this, but I don't believe I'm pro-choice for everybody else. So even there, you lose them, you see? So if you go into southern Tucson and you find Hispanics who are Catholic, who are pro-life, find out how many of them are pro-choice for everybody else. That's how you get the 54%. I'm sorry, there's no other way to spin this. This is, this is a country that has been worse conditioned to living under Roe versus Wade as we are living under Brown versus Board of Education. The fact that for the last 50 years, abortion has been legal, that's all anybody knows. That's, all, that's what we've been conditioned to. I went to school at a liberal Northeastern college. They don't let you graduate from those places unless you're pro-choice. You know, I've been, I've been indoctrinated by every girlfriend I ever had in my 20s to be pro-choice. I, I, so this is where I've landed. Men can't get pregnant, so as a man, I don't feel comfortable being anything but pro-choice. Having said that, you know, that it, it, the polls don't lie, and this is a pro-choice country, which is why, again, the Republicans are so... It's so interesting to watch this, Zach. I've been listening to Hugh Hewitt the other day, and here you have a, a, a bunch of Republicans who've been in trying to incite their voters on the right over Roe v. Wade, using it to raise hundreds of millions of dollars over the years. But now that it looks like it's about to be overturned, now they're backing away from it. And Hewitt's running around saying, oh, people are going to forget. It's not going to be an issue in November. No big deal. We don't have anything to worry about. That's whistling past the graveyard. They know they're in for a thumping. And I just think it's delicious. I just love the irony of it. 
Well, Ruben, that's my that's that was my last question. If we could get to, and I'm glad that we have the time because this is not on the merits of the issue. I think we could have a, a separate discussion on, you know, the merits of Roe v. Wade, the constitutionality of it, pro life right. versus pro choice. Right. I want to just speak to the political landscape because I think this is a whole new ball game that I don't know if people really saw coming up until 72 hours ago. David Axelrod. The the uh, a famous consultant and you know a part of the uh, Obama years tweeted out something yesterday. He said, "My strong suspicion is that few uh, Republican strategists were privately hoping for the complete reversal of Roe v. Wade by SCOTUS, which could galvanize women and particularly young voters who seemed inclined to sit out this fall's midterm elections." I, I have to I have to wonder the same, Ruben, that this is uh, there was a red wave uh, that was uh, no right. doubt happening. Right. I, I, I think this is a big enough issue to staunch that red wave. And I don't say that as a partisan. I say that as just an, analyzing the field. I think this is a big yeah. deal heading towards the midterms. And here's why it's a big deal. That's, that's important. Now, there's a lot of nuance that needs to be applied to this analysis of this particular issue and discussion, the, the decision. And that is that. Um, one point of nuance is it's not like the country is going to vote based on abortion. The, the issue itself, and for most Americans, is not a top three issue. They don't try to concede that. But what Americans are frightened by is extremism. You see, when the left went crazy to the left and started, started talking about defunding the police, we ought to defund the police, they said. That was extremism. And it cost the Democrats. And the Republicans benefited from that, not because people vote based on policing, but because afraid of extremism. That's how Rubin got to be in the center. Rubin's in the center, not just because I hate both political parties equally and normally can't tell them apart. I'm in the center because I don't like the extremes. So when the crazy Democrats started talking about defunding the police, they lost me. But now the crazy Republicans are talking about doing away with Roe versus Wade. They're losing me and a lot of other people. That's what people will vote for. They will vote because they're being repelled by extremism, and the delicious part of this is that two seconds ago, it was AOC and the Democrats who were pushing the defund movement, some of whom want open borders. That was what was scaring everybody away. And now, guess what? We find a bunch of extremist lunatics in the right wing. Ruben Navarrete, Ruben in the Center is your podcast. Where can uh, people find you as we let you go for now? You can find me at RubenNavarrete.com. You can find me, um, just Google my name, The Daily Beast, and other um, papers around the country uh, run my column. And uh, follow me. They're coming at me from both sides, Zach. I need you by my side here. Nobody likes me today. Ruben, thanks for helping us debrief <laughs> uh, a crazy last 72 hours, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Zach. Thank you, sir. We're going to talk Space City of the Southwest tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, a little bit of a shift. Tucson, he who's up next, Bill Buckmaster at noon. We'll see you tomorrow, Thursday. Thanks for listening.